Welcome to the Conversations with Jesus podcast. I'm Johnny Lehman, a baptized man of God who has the amazing blessings of being a husband, father, and the pastor at Divine Savior Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. This podcast is designed to bring you the self-sacrificing love of Jesus found in the Bible through 15 to 20 minute episodes that focus on relevant life issues and what God has to say about them. Check out our website, DivineSaviorChurch.com, as well as our Facebook and Instagram pages if you'd like to find out more about the incredible things that God is doing through our church family. Being a witness for Jesus so often means one-on-one conversations. You can have the biggest events in the world, you can bring thousands of people into a physical space, but more often than not, A powerful gospel witness happens one-on-one, one heart talking to another. And we're going to see that this week as we continue our series on the disciples. And we're going to look at the disciple Andrew. Andrew, he showed care and concern for bringing others to Jesus. He showed us that ministry really is one-on-one. Mission is one-on-one. Parents to children, husband to wife, you to a friend, family member, a coworker. We only know Peter because Andrew sought out his brother. This kind of mission work, it doesn't just happen inside church walls. It happens in backyards and picnics and bleachers and cubicles and beach chairs. One of the main principles of our harvest strategy here at Divine Savior Church is everyone invite one. There is so much value in telling just one person. You have no idea how that one conversation can make an eternal difference. I'm really excited for us to explore the amazing calling it is to be a Christian, where no matter where you go, no matter who you run into, there's always the potential for Jesus to be seen through you. This past week, coming off an incredible vacation Bible school experience, culminating in God bringing so many new people through our doors for worship last Sunday. It was so packed, we had to bring in chairs. After all that, a bunch of our church leaders, we got together this week, and we talked about what the big picture vision of our church family could be. Over this last year, we've seen almost 200 new people come to worship at least once who had never been here before. God has placed an incredible mission field before us, and there's so many opportunities for us to spread the good news. And so around these different tables of leaders, male and female, we shared tons of ideas and we had a lot of great consensus that was made. And we're all very excited to present this vision in the future as we flesh it out and get your feedback. But during that meeting, we talked about the big events that we do to connect with our community, like Vacation Bible School. We talked about the family-focused atmosphere of our church, that everybody is known and loved. And in all that, The number one most incredible thing we get to do as Christians every day, to be a light. Every day, God has people cross our sight line or cause that ding on our phones. People that in his grace he has given us so they can see him through us. One-on-one conversations, the bedrock of our harvest strategy. When we're sitting in the bleachers or in a cubicle or the patio chair, and we're hoping for an opening to tell them the greatest news ever. And we talk about it a lot, right? The Talking about our faith with friends and relatives, acquaintances and neighbors, but I don't know about you, but that's a whole lot easier said than done for me. 
usually I am really nervous to bring up Jesus. And if that's you too, know for a fact that you're not alone in how you feel. In fact, I did a Google search this last week asking the question, how do I know when it's the right time to talk about Jesus? Take a guess on how many hits there are to that question. Try 260 million. Safe to say, nervousness is not unique to you or to me. Today we're talking about the disciple Andrew, through whom we see the joy of leading others to Jesus, to see Jesus. And the big God question for us to explore together is this. Does God really consider me worthy to talk about Jesus? Now that question of worthiness is a big one. Am I good enough to talk about Jesus? Do I know enough? What if he asks a question I don't know the answer to? What if she thinks I'm weird if I bring him up? You know the mind games well. <laughs> I do too. So many fear-filled ideas block us from the joy and excitement we long to have to introduce people to the most important person in our lives. That to me is what's convicting about Andrew's witness both in John chapter 1 and John chapter 12. He doesn't hesitate. He wants Peter to see Jesus. He wants those Greeks to see Jesus. But I don't know about you, but I read that and I feel shame. Why do I hesitate to bring up Jesus? Why do I let doubt hinder me? Before we answer, discover the answer to those questions, let's have a quick bio on who this guy Andrew was. Now, a couple weeks ago, we talked about Thaddeus. And just like with Thaddeus, we don't know a ton about Andrew. We know he was the first disciple that Jesus called. We know he was the brother of Simon Peter, but he's only mentioned 12 times in the entire New Testament. We know he was a fisherman, and that eventually he may have spread the gospel as far as Kiev and was likely crucified in an X-shaped cross. Maybe you've seen St. Andrew's cross before. One thing we see in the limited interactions we have with him through the Bible, he clearly had joy in bringing people to Jesus. He instantly wants to bring his brother to the Lord. He instantly wants to bring the Greeks to Jesus in John chapter 12, which at least for me begs the question, what's holding you and me back from having that same gut check instantaneous reaction? I think it's deeper than just fear of rejection or fear of being classified as strange, although we talk about both those fears a lot. I really think it's the struggle we have with worthiness. This feeling of despair that says, you can mess this up, this is too difficult for you, this isn't the right timing for you, maybe after a few years you can do this. But keep in mind, today or this week in this podcast, we're not just talking about sharing our faith with people who don't know Jesus. I think the scope is wider than that. Think of people in our church family or people in your church family, wherever you are across this globe, that you see every Sunday, Christians you know really well, and maybe when you go to church, even though you know them by sight, you know their face, you don't know their name. But you really want to and you want to encourage them, but you're nervous to ask them because it might be awkward. I think about Christians you know when they're celebrating something exciting like a job promotion or another child or an unexpected gift. I thought about this. I've noticed how rare it can be for me to have a first response to that amazing news be how amazing Jesus is. You know, we're quick to say congratulations, we're quick to be excited, but sometimes, at least for me, I'm not always quick to acknowledge the one that gives us all good things from the start. Now, we want all people to see Jesus through us, but time and again, 
we feel unworthy to do so. In our sin, we have to repent and confess that, yeah, we, we let potential awkwardness, potential failure, potential disappointments get in the way of spreading the life-changing message of Jesus, which, of course, is exactly what Satan wants. He wants you and me to live in the potentials, the future fears, the worry-filled unworthiness. He wants us to live in the abstract and separate us from reality. And in that way, cause Jesus to become unapproachable. We need to face the cold, hard gaze of the law and recognize that far too often, Jesus remains unapproachable to so many because you and I get in the way. Everyone on this planet needs what you and I have been given by God's grace. Think of Peter. Without Andrew, he may have never met Jesus. It's in moments like these when we feel unworthy and like failures. That may be how we feel, and that may be how Satan wants you to feel, but that's not how Jesus sees you. Now, Satan loves to stonewall our goal for people to see Jesus through us, but Jesus, he demolished that wall on the cross. All of your failures, all the times you've fallen victim to your unworthy feelings, all too quickly forgetting that Jesus is with you in every moment in conversation, every last bit of it has been forgiven. God has chosen not to think about those things when he sees you. Not that he doesn't know them, but he chooses to purposefully not think about them and to think about who you truly are. When he sees you, he sees you like he saw Simon. And I love how Jesus gives Simon a glimpse of the future when he says, you are right now in the present, Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. See, Jesus knew one day Peter would fearlessly strive for people to see Jesus through him. Jesus re-identified him, gave him a new name, showed the certainty of how God and his grace would equip Peter to be a light. Does any of that sound familiar? Jesus has re-identified you through baptism, given you a new name, a new identity, not one wrapped up in failure and unworthiness, but one wrapped up in his righteousness and victory. He too has a guaranteed future for you, just like with Peter. He and his grace will not stop sending people across your life's path so you have more and more opportunities to let people approach Jesus through you. To me, it's that approachability that, from top to bottom, makes Christianity so different. You think of our world, at least in Western culture, American culture, of hierarchies and social classes and influencer statuses, the haves, the have-nots, the intelligent, the not, the woke, and the not. Whatever labels you want to use, there are so many privileges in life we'll never sniff. If you look at any other religion, it's on you to approach the divine, right? It's on you to earn that worthiness to have an audience with a deity. Not so with Jesus. Look at how he sets everything aside when Peter is brought to him and when the Greeks are brought to him. He never says, I don't have time for you right now, or go, you need to study the Bible for a month, and once you have enough knowledge, then we can talk. No. He meets people where they are and speaks what they needed to hear. How deeply Jesus wants you to constantly see him and his approachability. He always has time for you. He's a human just like you, and yet he's also the Almighty God who can not only relate to you, but lead you and through the Spirit restore you. In his worthiness as our Savior, you find again and again the powerful truth that a dear brother in Christ, he actually of mine, has tattooed on his arm. It's great. His tattoo says, 
God's got this. Because you know you can always approach Jesus in the Word and the Lord's Supper. You have joy bursting out every pore of your body so that others could get a glimpse of him through you. Now maybe for you it is a family member, like it was for Andrew introducing his brother Peter to Jesus. And yes, there's a lot of pressure and anxiety that can come when you bring up Jesus in conversation with family. You don't want to come across as judgmental or naive or confrontational, but when you know how Jesus will be there, when you know he's promised you that he will give you what you need to say, when you know he'll be at your side, doesn't it put that feeling of unworthiness aside? Because we realize it's never been about knowing enough Bible trivia or saying it with the most perfect tone of voice or having the right apologetic response or saying the right thing at just the right strategic moment. No, it's always been about Jesus. From start to finish, he does it all. He brings you the audience. He gives you the words and he takes care of the after effects. In other words, there's no pressure on you. Simply the pure, joy-filled honor that Jesus chooses to be seen through people like you and me. But whether it's family or friends or a random person you talk with as you wait for self-checkout and the opportunity to talk about Jesus comes up, remember who's with you. And secondly, remember who he's given to you. Think about the people, the Christians in your life. The amazing support system that God has built for you. Here is the Christian family God has given you. As you think of those faces in your mind right now, those dear Christian friends, those are people God in his grace has given to you to encourage you to be a witness and to celebrate when people do see Jesus through you. I don't think we celebrate that enough. Those amazing witnessing moments where God places a person who needs Jesus in front of us, celebrate that. Think about how every new person who comes through the door of your church will get to see Jesus through you as your church family hugs each other and cries together and rejoices together, doing life together, joyfully gathering around the word of God, we get to show them the approachability of Jesus as we gather again and again to witness the cross and the empty tomb, Christ at the center, Christ as all in all. It's approachable. Approachability not in a crowd of thousands or an impressive production effects or a concert-like feel, but approachability in eclectic group, uh, groups of Jesus followers whom God and his grace has gathered together. I've become thoroughly convinced that one of the most powerful ways people can see Jesus through you happens through a simple invitation. It goes like this. I'd love for you to join me for church this week. Just like Andrew, we get to walk with them over to Jesus and wait in joyful expectation to see what Jesus will do next. And as we join as God's church throughout the world, in all the little pockets of where we are, we let this one by one let Jesus be seen through me goal be maintained. We go about this mission with Jesus, joining him with the message of Christ that gives us more and more peace as we teach and sing and do everything in the name of Jesus. Because you really never know how one conversation can change someone's life forever. In that vein, I can't help but think of my friend Chris. Chris grew up in a small town in Texas. The church was never really a part of his life. And he went to the local public school, and Jesus was the furthest thing from his mind. But as Jesus would have it, he had a friend on the football team who went to a Wells church, Wells the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod. That's what our Divine Savior Church is a part of, this church body throughout the world. And he had a friend on the football team that went to a church in the area. And, and, and somehow, they got on the topic of religion, and this friend invited him to come to church with them. 
he was super skeptical, but he decided to go for what he called the fun of it. Well, long story short, one visit became two. Two became 300 plus, <laughs> way more. And he graduated high school and went to Martin Luther College, which is a school in Minnesota in the United States that's designed to prepare pastors and teachers to go and spread the good news of Jesus. And it was at that college that he and I became roommates. And since he graduated, he's done mission work in China, South America, and soon he'll be going to London. None of that happens without a single one-on-one -on -one conversation. How cool it is that Jesus has chosen to be seen through you and me. And how cool it is that every day when you wake up in the morning, you never know. When one conversation can lead someone to see their Savior, you never know how you'll get to make an eternal difference in someone's life. There really is nothing cooler than being a Christian. Amen. As you witness this week, as you serve the people God has placed in your life, know that you have your approachable Savior at your side. How incredible it is that God, in his wisdom and grace, has chosen to use people like you and me to give people hope. Hope that goes beyond the grave and hope that gives us joy no matter what life throws at us. God's richest blessings as you live for him now and always. Mm -hmm.